Shalom and welcome to a. Is it an emergency episode? Yeah. Oh, definitely emergency episode of uh, of Israel Policy Pod, which is being recorded on a bus. So uh, must apologize in advance for any audio difficulties. Um, we have some breaking news. Yes, and the breaking news is that Eli is not wearing a jacket today. That is correct, but I do have the jacket on the bus. Uh, so I'm so I'm Eli Coaz, communications director, um, and I'm joined by. And I'm Michael Coplo, IPF policy director. And as Eli said, we are recording from the back of a bus, traveling through uh, southern Israel to the Gaza border. But uh, we thought it was important to do a quick podcast to talk about the political developments that happened overnight and that were reported this morning in Israel, which is that there has been a big merger on the left side of the Israeli, Israeli political camp. That's right. And th- so there was a lot of talk for, for the past few months about a merger between uh, the three main parties on, on the left, Meretz, uh, where Nitzan Hor- Horowitz beat Zamar- Tamar Zamberg to become their new leader. Was the Ehud Barak's Israel Democratic Party and Amir Peretz's Labor. Obviously, uh, last week we had the merger between uh, Amir Peretz's Labor and Orly Levy. Um, so, th- for the meantime, they're out of the picture. But uh, overnight, uh, after what seemed like a night long meeting, on running together and they were joined by Stav Shafir. Stav Shafir who finished in, I believe she finished in second in the labor leadership race. Um, and she was uh, number uh, number three. I mean, finished second in the primary uh, for April elections behind uh, Itzik Shmuley. Um, she will be leaving the labor party and joining this new uh, they'll run under the name of, uh, of Barack's party, Israel Demokratit. Uh, Israel's, uh, is, I think it's Democratic Party for Israel, uh, their official name in English. Um, and uh, first on the list uh, will be Nitzan Horowitz. And a bit of a surprise with number three. It's not, uh, it's not Ehud Barak. Right, so Ehud Barak agreed to take number 10 on this new list, and number three is going to be Yair Golan, who is a really interesting figure. He is the most recent deputy chief of staff of the IDF, and he was one of the two finalists to become the new chief of staff, along with Aviv Kochavi. He ultimately was not selected, likely because of some controversial remarks he made in a, in a speech on Holocaust Remembrance Day a couple of years ago when he talked about disturbing trends that he saw in Israeli society and, and comparing it uh, comparing it to uh, Weimar, Weimar Germany um, and the lead up to the, the Nazi era and so you know he was a bit of a he was a bit of a controversial figure did not become did not become chief of staff uh, retired from the IDF announced his intention to enter politics and he entered as Barack's number two and um, you know Golan is somebody who I don't think is is well known within the Israeli public but He's uh, obviously a, a very, he's got an impressive military career. We, can, we, we know from having spent time with him that he's, just, he's very thoughtful. He's a very impressive thinker and, and analyst and very principled. And so it'll be interesting to see him really take the, the, first, the first spot 
um, the first spot on this list from the Baroque wing and have a chance to, to shine and, and hopefully to not uh, to not be overshadowed by Ehud Barak. Now, Michael, you're wearing a hat with a very big B on it. Is that uh, to celebrate Ehud Barak putting his ego aside and putting uh, the country first? If you like, uh, you know, normally my, my, my hat with the big B is, is, for, is, is for Boston, for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, since, you know, anyone who listens to this podcast by this point should know what a big Red Sox fan I am. But for today, we can, we can make this be a, a Barack B in celebration of the fact that he has put his ego aside for the, the greater good of, of the Israeli uh, left-wing bloc. Of course, or it could also be uh, BB uh, for you celebrating him breaking Ben Gurion's record as Israel's longest-serving prime minister. Uh, Eli, you, you clearly, you clearly, you know me, and you understand me so well that um, obviously I'm elated over the fact that, that BB is now Israel's longest-serving prime minister. Um, that's definitely something to celebrate. And uh, yeah, maybe I should actually even get a sharpie and. and right on my hat so it, it's clear to everyone that the B is for BB. So, so let's put your praise for BB uh, on the side for a moment and get back to this to this merger. Um, it, it, it's pretty impressive, um, I mean from Merit's point of view, they'll have four of the top seven spots, they'll have Nitzan Horvitz uh, leading uh, the party, um, the letters will be uh, Merit's uh, in, in, the, in the ballot box, um, it has to be an impressive achievement for them. Uh, Barack obviously put himself at number 10. Um, a lot of talk is that uh, not only that could enable maybe Arab voters to continue to support merits or to support this new party, but uh, just for Barack's uh, uh, unpopularity, I mean, he has a small group of people that really still uh, support him, but in terms of the greater Israeli uh, political uh, map, he doesn't share a great deal of popularity. Um, what's your take? So to shift away from the, the personalities and talk about the larger political implications, looking at the polls, merits for the last few elections is always it's always in danger of not making the threshold. And Barack's party was also polling in some polls right at the threshold and some polls below. And there was a real danger that Meretz and Barack would essentially do the same thing in this elections that Haimina Khadash and Zehud did in the last elections, which is get a lot of votes but not make the threshold and, and waste hundreds of thousands of votes. You know, in this case, by merging, they guarantee that they are going to make the Knesset and you're not going to have these left-wing votes wasted. And, you know, that's, that's important. And, you know, on top of that, you know, we, we discussed in our, last, in our last podcast a little bit about the gamble that Amir Peretz was taking by joining with Orly Levy in an effort to gain some votes from Mizrahi voters and, and voters on the periphery who tend to be more conservative. You know, to the extent that those voters would have had a problem voting for labor had it merged with Meretz or had it merged with, uh, with Barack's party, that is now removed. You know, you have, you have now a very clear left-wing block with Meretz, Barack, and, and the Stav Shafir wing of labor, and you have the, the Peretz-Gesher version of labor. And, you know, if, if that strategy of peeling off some more conservative voters is going to work, then, you know, this, this actually gives it a shot to perhaps be successful. And the other side of that is that 
potential left-wing voters who may have been turned off by Orly Levy and then wouldn't have voted for Labour or, you know, maybe would have even would have stayed home, they now have a very clear left-wing alternative to vote for without having to worry about what Orly Levy does uh, to the, the left-wing character of, of Labour. So I think that, you know, this is, this is one of these rare instances where, from my perspective, this merger is a win it, it, it's a win on all counts. It's a political win for the left-wing bloc. I think it's a win for uh, the different uh, the different parties. I think it's a win for the individuals. Um, you know, there is one possible downside, which is that, again, if if Peretz's gambit does not work, then it may actually put labor in danger of not making the threshold. Which, you know, Israel's founding party um, essentially going out of existence and not making the Knesset would be an earthquake. But um, you know, I think that I think they'll probably still squeak through. What do you What do you think about that, Eli? So I think they'll squeak through. Uh, I think they'll just. I mean, I don't assume that they'll. They obviously won't do it as good as this new merger. But I could see them getting between anywhere between four and seven seats. And I mean, their hope is that they are able to bring the bulk of those votes. Um, I don't know if they want to bring the bulk of this, but I think it's more likely that they're not going to get many votes from Israel's left, maybe a few really like the diehard members of the Labour Party, um, which amount to, I I don't know exactly, but I would say between 60 and 80,000 votes, and then they'll obviously need to get uh, to bring in other votes, um, hopefully from uh, Israeli periphery, also from people uh, who are focusing on social issues, but uh, that's, I think, going to be a big question going forward. Stop Shafir will also, she has uh, two other allotted spots in the top uh, 15, I believe, to bring to bring over either people from uh, other uh, uh, MKs fr- from labor. We'll see how that plays out. Um, I think obviously Merits came into these uh, merger negotiations um, and as kind of the strongest party. Uh, and that's for a few reasons. I mean, firstly, they're the only party who is actually is a party that has seats in the Knesset. And uh, th- there was not a poll uh, thus far uh, in this campaign where they were under the threshold. I can't say the same about Barack, who ever since the, the merger between uh, Orly Levy and, uh, and Amir Peretz, I don't think uh, there was maybe one or two polls where they were over the threshold, but but for the rest, they were... And it says, and Saf Shafir, this is a, this is a, this is a big political move uh, for her. She came out of the the, uh, the social protests in 2011 right into labor. Um, she, uh, I mean, grew in popularity, um, and a great result for her in the, in the primary, and she also performed well in the in the leadership uh, leadership race, but she's really left uh, the party that gave her a, a stage. So, I mean, on one hand, uh, it's obvious, like, why she did what she did, uh, but the same... Looking at uh, how how this kind of relates to her relationship with labor, if she can ever go back uh, to that party, I mean, Merav Michaeli, who some people even I heard talking about, uh, she, she could join with Stav. She just said uh, the the least uh, appropriate thing to do in politics is lose an election and then just leave to another party. So, so what do you think about about Stav? I think that there's certainly a risk that people will see this as opportunism on her part or uh, sour grapes over the fact that she did not win the leadership election and, and lost to Peretz. But I, I think that this move 
makes sense for her in a lot of ways. I think that she actually belongs more in Maris than in Labour, particularly given the direction the party has taken really since since she joined, where it has moved a little farther to the right and, and been more reluctant to speak out on, on some of the issues that she cares about and feels the most strongly about. Obviously, she's going to be in a higher slot in uh, in this new party than she would have been had she stayed with Labour. I think it gives her it gives her a, a higher profile. And um, as I said, uh, yes, it, it in some ways looks opportunistic, but I do think that this is actually a better fit for her ideologically and politically, given where things stand. And certainly after after Perez brought in Orly Levy and said that Labour was not going to merge either with Meretz or with the Israel Democratic Party, Stav's big thing had been that the parties on the left should all merge together, and she was pushing for that. And, uh, you know, when Peretz said categorically that, that he's done with negotiations and that he's not going to merge with the other two, I think that in a lot of ways she had drawn that red line, and, and it almost left her no choice but to try and affect a merger somewhere else without labor. Uh, you know, there's been talk this morning that Itzik Shmuley is still uh, at the Labor Party meeting next week, still going to try and force uh, a merger uh, between between lab- with labor and, and now this, this other uh, new larger block. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but uh, you know, I, this, this may not be entirely done. I'm curious, Eli, if you have any thoughts on, assuming that labor stays on its own, who Stav is going to bring with her for, uh, for her slots in this new list? Um, so that, that's an interesting question. I'm going to take a, a prediction and, and just, I don't, I'm not sure that those seats will actually come from, from, uh, from labor. I think they might actually be given to some of the, uh, some people who have defected from labor and already joined Barack. Uh, I think maybe Yaya Fink could be somebody who ends up in Stav Shafir's, uh, spot just because, uh, Barack only has five spots in the top 15. So I'm not sure he'll be able to put all of the people that he was going to place on his list in a realistic position. So I think that's a that's a likely option. Again, we don't know the entire list yet. There are a lot of uh, predictions out there of how it will look. Um, we'll probably, I mean, we'll know for sure on August 1st, but there's also there's going to be a press conference um, at 5 p.m. Uh, today uh, where this new merger uh, is announced. Um, are we ready to, to close up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the last thing to say is, from my perspective, it's still a, a super, super long shot that a left-of-center government is formed after the election. I, I remain, I remain um, firm in my conviction that the most likely scenario is a unity government between Likud and Kachol Lavan, which, you know, again, will be a, a right-of-center government. But I think that... Listen, the, 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 left, the left-wing camp in Israel has just been taking blow after blow, and there was an actual danger following this election that the left would, would basically disappear. And if nothing else, this establishes a beachhead for the left, and you know it can uh, make sure it survives and, and, and grow. And I think that this is certainly a path to a stronger left-wing camp in the future, even if it's not a path to a left-wing government in, in the short term. And also, one, one, uh, one last note on uh, the Labour Party and Amir Peretz. Uh, is that uh, a lot of people, especially on the left, are saying, well, Amir Peretz is just waiting to join a Netanyahu government, and also a way of, of kind of securing his position as the next president of Israel, uh, potentially. Um, so we'll have to see whether this is, whether 
and also, I mean, I mean, Mir Peretz has been kind of iffy on uh, not sitting with Netanyahu. He said he wouldn't sit with Netanyahu as long as there are still indictments against him. But it, it wasn't uh, like an, it wasn't a particularly uh, convincing uh, statement. So we'll have to follow that. It's either a, a smart tactic to try to get right-wing voters, or he's either waiting to join a, the Netanyahu government. So with that, I guess we'll have to have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, and then just last, last but certainly not least, if you check out Eli's Twitter feed, you will see that he has posted a picture that he took of him with Ehud Barak and Stav Shafir all the way back in 2017, uh, and was the picture actually taken by Nitzan Horowitz? I mean, th- th- that's the thought. I mean, I was uh, we we were just in, in the heat of the negotiation, so so I wasn't really paying attention to who was taking the photo. Right. So uh, we can start a, a Koaz conspiracy theory here, Eli, Eli Koaz puppet master. So uh, I think with that, we're done, Eli. Right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We're sorry about the bumps uh, on the road, but there will be many more bumps uh, in Israeli <laughs> Israeli electoral map. That's wow. A, that's a, yeah. wow, wow. Way to, way to end on just a terrible, terrible metaphor. You know, uh, Michael, you're wearing this hat in favor of uh, uh, celebrating uh, Bibi's uh, tenure and his uh, breaking Ben Gurion's record. I think it's only appropriate that to have you in such a celebratory mood for you to close out the podcast oh that's that's so generous of you so uh thank you to our to our loyal listeners uh, we hope you enjoyed this emergency podcast it's rare that eli and i are in the same are in the same place so we're taking every opportunity we can get and uh stay tuned for more political developments and more analysis from the israel policy forum team yalla bye <laughs>